And I'll talk about where we're going next year and, and uh, launching next Sunday. And, and so I'm really excited about this coming year. I believe that, uh, uh, I, I don't know what it is, but it's just something about the end of a year and the, the, the uh, newness of another year that it's almost refreshing. And uh, even though the years go by so fast, this year went by so crazy fast that I just cannot believe that we are here already at the end of 2018, about to launch 2019. And, uh, and so anyway, but I, I do want to talk about today what I'm going to talk about, and that's moving forward. And so today I've entitled today's message, Moving Forward, and uh, I think that, yes, it's great to reflect back and be thankful for this year past, and we need to be. Uh, because I don't know about you, but we, we got to see God work in many ways throughout the year, in the course of the year. And yes, it had, it, it's, it had its trials. Uh, did you have some trials this past year? Some, some things that you had to navigate through and process through. And, and you almost felt like that some of those trials got the best of you. Uh, but, but, but you know, uh, you, you've made it. You're here, right? And so what do we do from here? Let's move forward. Uh, let's don't maintain. The worst thing that you and I could be doing as Christians is being maintainers. Instead, God called us to be ground gainers, to always be moving forward uh, for the kingdom of God and advancing his kingdom here on this earth. Uh, what my hopes is today is that you would get a greater vision for what God has for you and that for what he has for you is for what he has for all of us. And he called us to be a body. He never called us to be a, a loner. Uh, he didn't call a, a hand to be off doing its own thing or a finger or whatever. But l- l- let me tell you, he, he wants us to all work together. Now, I understand this, that sometimes when you look at your own physical body, there's some things that you wish were different. Isn't that right? Some of you are going to try to change some of those things up in just the coming year. You're going to make some New Year's resolutions, right? You're going to maybe hopefully eat less and exercise more and do some of those things to make some adjustments on your physical body or whatever, right? Uh, And I understand that in any church body, there's some things that aren't how you wish they were. And, 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 you know, if you had your rathers, you, you would change some things, that type of thing. But, hey, how about you just flow with it? How about you just move forward and let's make it better. And this year, let's make it better together. As you get better, we all get better. As you grow, we all grow. And so when we all work together, we're able to make this thing happen the way God intended it to happen. Rather than going negative so that you don't get negative, let's stay positive and let's see the best is yet to come. So what I want to do is I want to take you to, uh, I want to take you to a scripture found in Isaiah chapter 41, and I'm going to give it to you out of verse 10, and it says, don't be afraid. Hmm, interesting. He starts it out and he says, don't be afraid. Well, he's telling us don't be afraid because uh, he wants us to move out of the, the realm of the, the, the familiar, the realm of the comfortable, and he wants us to move forward in into places that we've never been before. And you know, if you've never been to somewhere, it has a tendency to be uncomfortable and maybe uh, just a little bit uh, fearful. 
So it says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Now that's even more comforting, that we have the choice not to be afraid, but that we know that God's with us, that we're not alone in this. That we can, we, we're, we're partnered with God, and it goes on to say, don't be discouraged. In other words, keep your courage, stay in faith, make sure that your, 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 your courage is strong. So don't be, don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now, we need to have courage in God's hand. Knowing that God's hand can do certain things for us. I want to give you three things that are pointed out here in Isaiah 41 that, that God's hand will provide for you and I if we turn to him and look to him. If we don't give in to fear, if we don't get discouraged, and there's always going to be circumstances that are discouraging. Throughout every week, you probably face some discouraging circumstances. If you sit there and camp on it, you're going to get more discouraged. If you, go, if you go negative, you get negative. Remember that. If you go negative, if you allow yourself to go there, then you're going to get negative and you're going to stay negative. And so we need to make sure that we don't get discouraged or allow ourselves to get discouraged. Now it tells us here, don't be discouraged. We have a choice in the matter. Every one of us have a choice in the matter. So we need to, stay, we need to have courage in God's hand and he will give us the faith to move forward. So there's three things that we see that God's hand will do for us. Number one, courage in God's hand will strengthen us. It says he will strengthen us. Thank God that we, he will give us the strength to keep on going and moving forward to accomplish what he wants us to accomplish. Great things. I believe there's greatness in every one of us combined together, then it just multiplies. It multiplies when we put our greatness together. Secondly, not only will it strengthen us, but it will help us. God's hand will help us. It will help us. Courage in God's hand will help us. It will help us when we need help. There's just times when we need help. We can't do it. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it in our own abilities. We need the help of God. Which is pretty cool because most of the time, most of us, and let's all be honest, we only attempt what we can accomplish on our own. But I'm here to tell you that God's going to call us to do things that we can't do on our own. It's going to require his help. That, let's let that sink in, sink in for just a moment. It's going to require his help. And then, thirdly, I want you to get this that Isaiah 41 said. It says, uh, courage in God's hand will uphold us. That means, man, there's going to be some times where we feel like we're going to fall or that we're going to sink or, or whatever, but God's there to uphold us. It's going to hold us up. That's good news. I'm here to tell you, I, I, I'm faced with uh, discouraging things all the time. You ever dealt with people? Uh, like that one minister said, man, ministry would be awesome if it didn't have people involved. It's like, hello, <laughs> ministry is people. And so if you ever deal with people, which we all do, then there's going to be some discouraging things that will want us to want to just quit. All right? 
So what we want to do this morning is we want to talk about moving forward. Because I believe that God wants us to move forward. And there's some things that we need to move forward. Now this is no doubt applicable for you personally. It's applicable and it'll work for you and your family, but you cannot, you cannot just apply it to you and your family. You cannot be selfish about this. You've got to see that we're called here on this earth to reach a world. That we're called to make a, a, a kingdom impact and that we have to have a heart for the kingdom. And that we've got to want what God wants and we want, we, we, we've got to position ourselves to be used by God to do what he wants us to do in and through our lives. I'm grateful. I'm grateful, eternally grateful, and one day I'll be able to tell him And when I meet him in heaven, because I may not ever see him here again on this earth, but the guy that reached out to my life and he invested in me, I am grateful to him that he gave of his life to reach me. Whatever he had to give up to reach me, he did. He gave up time. He gave up uh, resources. He gave up prayers. he He gave up a number of different things so that I could be reached. And I am eternally grateful for him. So I don't want to ever live my life for just me, my four, and no more. I want to, I want to live for the world. Yes. I, want to, I want to be God's instrument here on this earth. So please keep that in mind. When I talk about moving forward, it's much bigger than just your life. Thank God for your life. Not making light of it. I'm, I'm grateful for it. But God wants to do something much greater than what you may be have going on just in you. And by the way, it works in the whole picture. It's not, it's not separate. God sees it as a whole. And if it's all working the way God wants it to work, it should be all in the kingdom of God and for the kingdom of God. Amen. I just, I just believe that there shouldn't be anything competing. It ought to be complementing. And too many times there's things that are competing in, in people's lives rather than complementing. And so as we close out this year and begin the next and move forward into the next year, there's three things that I believe that Scripture bears out that we need in order to move forward. Number one is we need, we need to move forward with great expectation. We, we, we need to be expecting God to not only move in our behalf, to have his hand involved, to... to to assist us and strengthen us and help us and to uphold us, but to show us great and mighty things that we know not. Right. And uh, that eye hath not seen and ear is not heard, that ha- he has prepared for those that love him. That, but as we're in tune to him, and that's why we're starting this year off with 21 days of prayer and fasting, so that we can seek him, so that he can show us those things. So that we can pursue him and move forward in, in sync with him and see what he will do in 2019. What will you do in 2019, Lord? I'm expecting great things in 2019. I expect great things in every year. It's like, well, you, you said something about that, some similar to that at the beginning of this year. But you know what? I, I'm still moving forward. I'm not standing still. I'm still moving forward. We're going to move forward. We're going to do this together. Yes. And so it takes, it takes great expectation. Let me give you a scripture, and then I'm, I have a couple of thoughts that I want to share with you. Lamentation, 
Have you ever read Lamentations? I love this scripture. I have the Amplified. It says in Lamentations 3.25, The Lord is good to those who wait patiently and expectantly for him. To those who seek him. What does it mean to seek him? To inquire of him. For him and and, and require him to be right by, excuse me, let me start that over. Inquire of him and for him and require him by right of necessity and on the authority of God's word. So, God wants us expecting. When I thought about this expectation, you know, there's a difference between hopeful wishing that you just hope or wish you wish it would happen and you 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 know that would be great if it happened. And then there's a difference between that and expectation, a biblical expectation where you're expecting something to happen. Uh I was talking to a uh, a gentleman just this past week and uh, as a matter of fact, it was Friday morning, and uh, he was asking me how Christmas went, and I asked him how Christmas went for him, and and he his daughters are are already out of high school. I think one in college, one uh, uh, just got married, I believe, and and he says, well, it's kind of just kind of calm around our house nowadays because everybody's older. And and then I thought I told him I said well it, it's really exciting around uh, Christmas around us because we have three grandchildren we get to share it with and so they I don't know if you remember some of you maybe you're around grandchildren you have kids that are age but when they're the age of my grandchildren uh, it, it's awesome to see them opening presents man they get so excited <laughs> they are fired up. And and I'm going to tell you something about Christmas, that my grandchildren went into Christmas with great expectations that they, would ha- that they were going to receive a number of gifts and probably most likely the gifts that they were desiring and, wish- and hoping for. They weren't just wishing, they were expecting. And so when they got there, they didn't, they didn't, they weren't looking around just saying, oh, I hope they got here. They were expecting that those presents were there. Do you know what I'm talking about? And man, they, they started ripping those presents open and yeah, yeah. And you know, they were just excited because, because they, even, even though they knew that they were coming, they still got excited. I tell you, we ought to get excited. Every one of us need to get excited because the word of God promises so many things and we need to expect it, Amen. not just hope that it will come. I, and I say hope in a, in, a, in a fleshly sense, in a wishful sense. The biblical hope is a great expectation. And so God wants us to expect. Many people are just, they're just accepting what life offers them and they just they just roll with the punches they you know the life they they're not really they're not really anticipating anything but what life offers them instead of expecting what god is offering isn't that right and so what we want to do is we want to have a great expectation for what God wants to do. Well, we know that God wants to do great exploits for us. We know that God wants to, 
He wants to he wants to bring about great things that he wants to reach people and touch people and he wants to make an impact through our lives. So we have to have a great expectation. God, you're going to do this. Amen. If we'll just position ourselves, which which brings me to the second thought, not only do we need to move forward with great expectation, but we need to move forward with great preparation. We need to be prepared for it. If you're expecting something, doesn't it stand to reason that you're preparing for it? If if you were if you're expecting a baby, do you prepare for that baby? Hopefully, it's just not like you know. In the ninth month, it, it, it the baby comes and it's like, oh wow, wasn't expecting this. Have no room for this baby. No room in my life, no room in this house, no room, just, you know, just no expectation and no preparation. See, when you're expecting something, you prepare for it. And you see that whole, that biblical principle throughout, throughout the Word of God, all over the Word of God. You know, when, when, uh, when Jesus, the disciples came to Jesus and they had been ministering all day and, and there were uh, thousands of people that they had ministered to. The Bible says there was at least 5,000 uh, men, not counting children and, and, and women. So there could have been an easily, easy 25,000 people there. And, uh, and, and, and the, the disciples, they said, hey, we, they're hungry. The people are, they're hungry. We need to send them off and, and, and to, to go get food. And Jesus says, no, you feed them. And they said, well, we don't have anything. The only thing we have is five loaves and two fish. And what did Jesus do? He says, prepare. Prepare for your miracle. Because I'm expecting God to do something here. He says, sit them all in companies of 50. Do that. Get get prepared to serve them. Because we're we're fixing to experience a miracle. And my question is, if we're expecting great things, and we are as a church, then what are we what are we preparing for? Are we preparing for just a little bit? Are we preparing for big or great or or what are we preparing for? If you're preparing for God to use you, what are you preparing for? That's the question that you'll have to answer. Right? So, not only do we need to move forward with uh, great expectation, preparation, but also participation. Which brings me to this, is that we need to be participating, all of us. In order to make this happen, we need to be moving forward in unison together. I I love love what Acts says. I, I love this. It says this, it says, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Now notice the word them. Them. That the hand of the Lord was with them. Them that were participating. Them that were doing what they needed to be doing in order order for God to use them. And the hand of the Lord was there. What was the hand of the Lord there doing? Can I tell you what the hand of the Lord was doing? Strengthening them, helping them, upholding them. Strengthening them, helping them, 
upholding them. The hand of the Lord will strengthen, it will help, and it will uphold. As we move forward, the hand of the Lord will be there. You might see, if you don't have room, if you don't have room to move forward, participating together, then something's out of whack. And I would, I would, I would challenge you to enter into this 21 days of prayer and fasting with a, a serious heart. You need to do that anyway, but enter in and say, God, I want my life right where you want it. Now, understand, uh, doesn't mean that it's going to be comfortable. Most, most likely, it's going to be uncomfortable to you. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll just make a few statements here uh, for you. If we're going to move forward with uh, participation, there's, there's things that God wants to see take place. We need to grow together. And, and when we're growing together, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, you know, growth pains. There's going to be some growth pains. It's going to be some things that is going to be uncomfortable. And there's some things that we're going to be doing together in the next few months that we're going to grow together as a church so that we make sure that we're doing this together. And one of the things that I have in my heart for us as a church, I, I, felt, like, I felt like God was dealing with me, and he's dealt with me for a couple of years now in regards to what I'm going to talk about. But uh, the, just uh, after our last 21 days of prayer, I felt like God just put in my heart is that we, I, we need to focus in on maturity. We need to see people mature. Too, far too many people in being immature in their life and the things of God and, and don't even recognize, don't even realize it. And so we're going to have to mature. One of, the, one of the things that is a sign of maturity is, is people being self-feeders, self-seekers, self-leaders. That we need to be feeding ourselves, that we, we need to be, uh, be seeking, that don't be depending on anybody else to get you in the presence of God, to get you before God. You, you need to be leading yourself. You can't lead others until you lead yourself well. And so, so really, honestly, there's a word for that. It's called disciples. The word disciple means to be a, a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. So for 10 months... It's going to be broken down into 10 different series, but for 10 months we're going to be talking about what it looks like to be a fully committed disciple. And so we're going to, we're going to be doing that. Kicking it off in January, we're going, to, we're going to start off with that, along with, coupled with, prayer and fasting. We're going to close, and it's going to be from January the 6th to the 26th, and at the close of the 26th, we're going to have a seminar uh, with uh, Reverend Tony Cook. He's an author, a speaker. It's for our dream team. And uh, I'm going to invite you. You can come. There's no children. There's no children's ministry. Understand that. Please note that. It's, it's because our dream team is for them here. So just know that that's going to be taking place. But it will be open. You just need to let us know that you're coming. You can go online. There's a place to register on our website. Okay. And, uh, and so we're going to have that. We're going to invite local pastors and their teams. They're going to be here because that's part of our vision as a church to, 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 that we would be an unselfish church that we're going to help other churches su- succeed also. Okay? So we're going to grow together. So, and, and then we're going we're gonna to have a marriage conference in February. There's, that's just the immediate things that's taking place. By the way, you can get online and register for that. That's a free event. Both of them are free events, okay? 
You guys got it? it. That's why small groups are so important. We're kicking them off. Matter of fact, register your group if you want to lead a group. We're going to be kicking that off in the first of the year, uh, in, in February. So we need to grow together. We need to sow together. What do I mean by sow together? We need to all be investing in the lives of people. Cannot make it about you. You lost the right if you're going to be a disciple. Now, there's a difference between believers and disciples. When you come into the kingdom of God, you come in as a believer, but God wants to move you into a place of being a disciple. The Bible says go make disciples of all nations. Disciples are made, they're not born. And there's a lot of people that have some discipleship traits some characteristics of a disciple, but haven't been fully developed into the disciple that God wants them to be. And so we'll be focusing on that all year long. But we want everybody to be on board. And one of the things that we need to do is we need to be investing our lives in others because life cannot be about you. Jesus said it this way. He says, if you're going to follow me, he says, the first thing that you need to do is you need to deny yourself. I know that this is one of those uh, exciting messages that everybody wants to hear. You've got to deny yourself. It cannot be about you. It cannot be about just what you want. Listen, you're not ever going to be satisfied if you're selfish. Oh, you might enjoy some fleshly things for a time, but you'll never, ever be satisfied. You'll always be dissatisfied inside. There's never a satisfaction living in the flesh, living selfishly. When I say living in the flesh, I'm talking about living selfishly. You'll always be agitated and never know why. You'll always be struggling and wonder why. And the reason is, is that you cannot... You cannot ever be fulfilled until you're giving your life away. You need to be investing. You need to be sowing your life in every way possible in the lives of others, especially the lost, especially those that don't know Jesus Christ. We want to reach people like we've never reached before. Well, that's only going to happen when we're sowing together. When we're sowing together, we want to make sure that we're sowing together. Are you with me? And then we want to make sure that we flow together. And the reason I say that is because there's a couple of things that we need to take note of is that anytime there's growth taking place, anytime there's moving forward taking place, then we we need to make sure that we're flowing together, working together, because there's always going to be change taking place. It takes change to grow, and then because of growth, it takes change. Because when you grow, things change. But in order to grow, you got to change. Jesus said, he said, sit them in companies of 50. We can't keep doing all, what we're doing today in order to feed the people, to minister to people, to, to see the miracles happen. We got, we got to change some things up, guys. It's been a great day, ministered well. We did a lot, but okay, let, I, I agree with you. Let's go ahead and feed the people. 
They need some food. They need, they need caring for. There's some, some natural things that need to take place, but it's going to take, it's going to take a supernatural act to make it happen. And so what we have to do is we have to flow together. That means, that means, you know, there's going to be things that's going to be different than it's been. And some people are going to buck it. Some people are going to resist it. What are we going to do, you know, when we go to multiple services? Yeah, I liked it the way it was. Well... I did too, but this isn't about me. This isn't about you. This is about those that we need to reach. Well, it's much easier. That's probably true, but we're more impactful by making these changes. Yes? And so as we move forward, there's some, there's some things that we just need to flow together, especially when we get into this series. Because I'm going to tell you, one of the things that it's going to do is it's going to mess with, it's going to mess with you. It's going to mess with your life. It's going to mess with you. Because what we need to do, as we should be doing anyway, is allowing God's word to define what life ought to look like, not us. What it, we ought to let God's word define what it means to look to be a disciple, not us. And guys, I just read a scripture earlier that's bothering me, and we're going to focus in on this next generation. It's always been a heart of mine, but parents, it starts with you. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to be passionate about God. A matter of fact, our new series is called, it's called this. It's called Passionately Loving God. If we're going to be a disciple, we've got to be passionately in love with God. But children, young people, they need to be taught and they need to be brought up in that. But there was a scripture that I just read. Let me bring it up. It's not on the, on the screen. But I just read this in Judges 2.10. It says, When all the generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. What are the, one of the saddest things is that we don't pass on the legacy of godliness and, 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 and the things of God to our children. And so we've got to, we just got to flow. God, I am, I am clay in your hand. You do whatever needs to be done in my life. I am clay. You do it, Lord. You do it. Bring our points back up, would you please, sir? We need to, we need to, we need to flow together, guys. And the worst thing that we could do is resist God. The Bible says that that uh, that if we'll be willing and obedient, willing and obedient, we'll eat the best of the land. It takes it takes attitude and action, 
Willingness and obedience. Attitude and action. Willing and obedience. One of the things we'll talk about in this series is uh, having that positive attitude. We've got to have the right attitude. Have this attitude in you that was also in Christ Jesus. We've got to have a right attitude. We cannot be negative. We cannot allow ourselves to go there. Guys, your biggest struggle, my biggest struggle daily is keeping a positive attitude. But it's a discipline and it is a character trait of a disciple that we must keep in order for us to stay on track and be moving forward together, flowing together. Otherwise, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. At some juncture, some place, you may want to bail because you don't want to flow. We're a body, like it or not. And you can jump bodies, I guess. (laughs) But we're a body. And I'm telling you, in this place right now, in all of our issues we can make a huge impact. Amen. Amen. Let's move forward with God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today.